This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is a Business Radio special. Marijuana. Canna Business. A look at the marijuana industry. Here's your host, John Barquette. Then you're all right. Hello and welcome to Canna Business, a look at the marijuana industry. Our two-hour special here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. I'm John Barquette, and today we're bringing you special programming. For the next two hours, we're going to take a look at the current and future state of the marijuana industry. According to a recent Pew Research Center survey, about 6 in 10 Americans support marijuana legalization. That's double what it was in 2000, and popular belief is that the legal cannabis industry is poised for explosive growth. Today we'll speak with a variety of experts and cover a range of topics about the industry, including the legal landscape, policy barriers, investing in cannabis, medical marijuana, and how to market a product whose legal future has so much uncertainty. Joining me now to talk about medical marijuana is Dr. Stuart Titus, the CEO of Medical Marijuana, Inc. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's a great pleasure to be on this morning. Stuart, tell us about Medical Marijuana, Inc., Medical Marijuana, Inc. is a publicly traded company. In fact, we were America's first publicly traded cannabis company going back to March of 2009. We're just about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Um, Since uh, 2011, we've really been more a hemp and CBD company, having brought the first hemp-based nutraceutical CBD products to U.S. and world markets back in the spring of 2012. Today, we offer five divisions in nutraceutical sales of hemp-based CBD products and two in pharmaceutical development. Okay, so tell me about medical marijuana. Is it different than regular marijuana? Well, uh, medical marijuana certainly is being used by many patients around the country, and uh, we like to believe that the medical marijuana is generally a little bit more tested and regulated than some of the you know, recreational or the black market cannabis or marijuana that's uh, being offered to the general public. Um, we you know, like to believe that the uh, medical grade quality, uh, the standards, the testing certainly has been uh, tested for its you know, cannabinoid content, and usually it's a high concentration of THC in this market arena, but also uh, tested for uh, things such as uh, residual pesticides in the agricultural or or farming or cultivation process, and then things such as uh, heavy metal toxins, et cetera, so that uh, individuals consuming this medical grade are at least assured that it's a safe product that doesn't contain any uh, pesticides and other uh, uh, residuals from the uh, farming process, which, you know, sometimes in the black market, some of this stuff is grown in uh, areas of the world where, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, agricultural chemicals that wind up in the end product, and sometimes it's even spiced or laced with um, other uh, synthetic types of cannabinoids or other compounds and substances that are very detrimental to human health. You mentioned a word up front, nutraceuticals, and I'm trying to distinguish between someone, I don't know, typically what you think of as using marijuana uh, versus something called a nutraceutical. I mean, how how do, how do the, for the listeners listening at home, explain to them the different ways in which people can use marijuana in in what your business is doing? 
Yes, well, uh, overall, the uh, cannabis uh, plant family, you've got um, uh, a a great number of potential uh, applications. And uh, if you look at the cannabis plant as being maybe the parent plant, then you might have two offspring. One would be marijuana, uh, which would contain a very high concentration of THC, which is the psychoactive cannabinoid that has the you know high or the uh, intoxicating uh, side effects, if you will. Um, then the other side of cannabis, you have hemp, uh, which can contain a high concentration of CBD. This is the non-psychoactive, non-intoxicating cannabinoid that uh, many people find confers uh, great amounts of uh, health and wellness benefits. Uh, certainly with CBD, you can take uh, quite a lot more product without uh, having the intoxicating or the high type effect. In fact, we recommend many uh, people just to take 50 milligrams of CBD daily uh, to support our body's very large self-regulatory system known as the endogenous or internal cannabinoid system. Now, uh, two or three milligrams of THC for many people has a very uh, intoxicating uh, effect, and many people might actually be asleep for eight or ten hours uh, or uh, experience a very high uh, type of an effect uh, with that. So just uh, to give a little bit of difference between uh, THC and uh, CBD, the various uh, cannabinoids. Now, uh, most people are uh, taking uh, marijuana or um, <clears throat> this uh, uh, type of cannabis through a smoking or you know inhaled uh, vaporization type yep. of uh, uh, application to the human body um, whereas uh, CBD uh, you'll find this to be in oral applicators or in uh, oils tinctures uh, various capsules etc and uh, certainly this has more of a nutritional supplement type of an effect than uh, smoking uh, cannabis, which has more of a hallucinogenic or a a high type effect. Okay, so tell me how your business gets involved. Are you the manufacturer of these nutraceuticals, as you called them? Uh, we are involved in the process. Yes, we uh, you know, subcontract out a lot of our manufacturing. Uh, we actually uh, contract our uh, farmers over in the European uh, community to grow hemp for us. We then uh, uh, do our original extracts uh, over in Europe and then take this CBD-rich hemp oil, if you will, uh, from European uh, <clears throat> community to the United States. And uh, from there, we do our f- final manufacturing and formulate our various products. We have topical application uh, products, uh, skin care products, uh, uh, et cetera, and have a nice uh, wide range of uh, these uh, cannabinoid-based products available uh, on U.S. and world markets. Uh, certainly, um, we believe in the nutritional supplement aspect of this, that really these cannabinoids are uh, particularly not the non-psychoactive cannabinoids, we really believe are vital and necessary nutrients that actually help support our uh, highest levels of overall health and wellness. The discovery of the internal or this endogenous cannabinoid system back in 1988 is still a very new concept in medical science today. It's not well taught in medical school. It's not taught in high school or biology, but certainly this is the largest self-regulatory system in the human body. And like any system, we need to supplement this with our plant-based cannabinoids. Where, where do your these beliefs come from, Stuart? Is it, it, where is the medical literature today on this? Uh, past guests have kind of said, well, we have a lot of you know, anecdotal evidence that this is really helping people. Are the clinical trials there yet on this? I understand it's been hard to study this in the past. 
because of the it rules. Been, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, there have been challenges to study uh, cannabis and cannabinoids just because of the uh, federal um, uh, Schedule One uh, substance, and uh, thus uh, only a very few research organizations even have a license to be able to touch or handle this particular product, and trying to get studies uh, done has been uh, very difficult to get through the FDA. Um, our clinical research has been done in countries that are a little bit more favoring of the natural botanical product, countries such as Mexico and Brazil. And certainly here we've had clinical research regarding uh, childhood uh, epilepsy, the uh, unfortunate types of epileptic seizure disorders that uh, are generally resistant to pharmaceutical intervention. This is called refractory epilepsy. And uh, we've had some nice study and research here. Uh, in the U.S., uh, there is an FDA approval going back to last June of 2018 on a product called Epidiolex. This is a pharmaceutically developed, isolated version of CBD uh, that's available for certain types of refractory epilepsy in children. And um, we you know, really believe that we're just barely scratching the surface in terms of the tremendous potential benefit that these cannabinoids can confer to people for their overall best levels of health and wellness. We think there's pharmaceutical opportunity as well, but also a nutritional supplement, nutraceutical opportunity uh, existing uh, in uh, the same space and arena. Right now, are your products sold primarily through dispensaries? Um, we do uh, sell some of our product uh, through dispensaries, though uh, most of our sales are done online. Uh, we have our Hemp Meds sales division, which uh, uh, does market and sell products. We also have a multi-level marketing group called Canaway, which operates nicely in the U.S. and in European markets as well. And, okay, so online, I, I had understood that there was a prohibition on interstate commerce. How does that interact with your selling product online? Well, we don't really have that uh, issue in the hemp uh, side. That's, because, that's just uh, THC is where... There's, yes, new federal regulation. But yes, THC uh, still is a federally controlled substance, and the interstate uh, commerce, so the transportation across state lines, is uh, illegal at the uh, federal level. Um, you know, many people do uh, ship uh, uh, some THC products in the mail, et cetera. Um, you know, it, it's certainly been uh, something that this uh, kind of quasi legal uh, underground market is uh, developing uh, over time, but um, uh, certainly so it's not uh, something that's uh, currently uh, legal at the federal level at, at this point in time. But if I understand correctly, products that are where, whose primary ingredient is CBD, which has a much lower THC content, that is not regulated by, or that is okay to, sh to ship between states, and that is fine to get in the mail. Is that right? Uh, yes, we've had new uh, legislation in the hemp arena, uh, which uh, basically was signed by President Trump December 20th, 2018. This was the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, what is also known as the Agricultural Improvement Act of 2018. And this has very favorable provisions for industrial hemp, uh, which means that hemp will now be brought back as a full-on agricultural commodity, just like wheat, corn, and soybeans. Over time, we actually expect a hemp and CBD uh, futures market to develop on the Chicago Board of Trade, which is uh, quite interesting. Uh, but this distinguishes hemp totally from uh, marijuana and uh, certainly allows for the derivatives of hemp, including CBD, to be fully legalized through the U.S. So if you're uh, deriving your uh, CBD from uh, bona fide and certified hemp sources, uh, either here in the U.S. or elsewhere around the world, then interstate commerce and transportation is legal within the U.S. 
Now, that said, there are a couple of states that do have their own individual laws and regulations regarding CBD, and this is still a developing process between various states and the federal government. But at least at the federal level now, hemp and CBD are fully legal. So you've been running your business for, for how long now, Stuart? Well, uh, we've been, uh, Medical Marijuana Inc. has been in business for uh, 10 years. I've been the president and CEO since March of 2015, and I've been intimately involved in the growth and development of the company. So I've really been you know, involved in this space uh, you know, on a full-time basis for the last eight years. So as of last December, you have this, this new regulatory landscape opening up the possibilities of growing hemp here in the U.S. at a much larger scale than it had been in the past. But you told me earlier in the show that most of your supply is coming from Europe today. I imagine there's more stuff in that farm bill that was passed as well that might change your industry. Tell me, as a owner and operator of this business and strategic leader of the business, what are you thinking about right now? What, what has the legislation opened up for you and what challenges has it created for you? Well, we're certainly excited about the movement uh, you know, towards the acceptance of uh, cannabis as a medicine. Uh, it's certainly been something that's been a medicine since the beginning of recorded time, and it's only been not used medicinally for the last 80 years. So in the overall scheme of things, uh, cannabis has, used, been, uh, has been used medicinally for a far, far longer period of time than it has not. Uh, you know, back in the 1850s, uh, right through the uh, 1940s in the U.S., all the large um, pharmaceutical companies had three, four, five, six different types of uh, cannabis-based medicines, various uh, products for, you know, one's a nerve tincture, one's a sleep formula, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can search back in history and, and find this. So um, obviously with the uh, resurgence of uh, the interest in uh, marijuana now, uh, we certainly have 33 U.S. states with medical marijuana laws on their books. Some of the recent states, uh, Pennsylvania, with uh, 18 of uh, 19 different medical indications for use. Ohio, 21 different medical indications for use. Certainly, we see this uh, revolution coming upon us uh, in the in the U.S. Uh, certainly, it's great to see. Of course, the new farm bill that hemp will be uh, legalized uh, throughout the country. We certainly are excited. Gosh, there's so many tremendous industrial uses for hemp, um, over 50,000 uses. Certainly, uh, the biomass can be used to produce clean, uh, energy-efficient biofuels. Uh, we have hemp textiles. We have hemp building construction materials, hemp insulation, uh, a new developing technology of hemp batteries and hemp supercapacitors. Uh, I, I just uh, can't be more excited about when we grow enough hemp here in the U.S to attain what we might call in economics economies of scale and to be able to you know, bring forth some of these really uh, great new um, uh, attributes, uh, just you know, getting onto the industrial side, but uh, certainly on the medicinal side and the therapeutic side, uh, we're quite excited that now we have this wonderful legislation regarding the non-psychoactive cannabinoid CBD. It's going to open up a tremendous amount of uh, research opportunities for us, be able to do the studies and research that we've always wanted to do. Uh, so it's certainly quite exciting. I mean, there's certainly a long way to go still uh, before we get uh, more of a legalization of uh, uh, the overall marijuana side. But nonetheless, we're making uh, great strides in that regard and certainly believe that soon there might be uh, even some uh, movement from the White House regarding uh, medical marijuana. Of course, our neighbor to the north, Canada, 
allows for um, full uh, legalization at the you know, recreational level or adult use level of cannabis. Our neighbor to the south, Mexico, is moving rapidly in that direction, and I believe very soon we'll have uh, legalization there. And, uh, of course, that uh, leaves us in a, a very interesting uh, position uh, caught in the middle between these two uh, uh, marijuana and cannabis-friendly uh, uh, countries. So tell me, what is the process for someone to be prescribed medical marijuana? Well, uh, at this point uh, in time in the U.S., uh, we don't know if you can actually have a, a full prescription, but you can have a recommendation uh, from a doctor. Uh, many times, uh, you know, a patient will go in for doctor's office and they have a certain uh, condition or an ailment. The doctor might prescribe medicine. Uh, sometimes uh, the medicine doesn't work as intended, and uh, thus the patient is looking for uh, new or other avenues to try to uh, attain relief. And uh, certainly many people have found a great uh, pain-relieving relief with uh, marijuana. Some people find it's great for inflammation. Some people find it wonderful for sleep. Uh, even some of the great professional athletes have been uh, using this uh, quite nicely. Uh, certainly we don't believe that they're anywhere near the side effects that you might find with traditional prescription medicines. So, uh, patient would go into a doctor's office, and basically if the doctor is not terribly familiar with uh, medical cannabis, he might refer this out to a doctor who is more uh, familiar with some of the uh, medical benefits. And over time, we believe many more doctors will become educated through continuing medical education seminars and symposiums about the potential benefits uh, medicinally for some of their patients. I'm Obviously interested to hear, now, yeah, I, I mentioned, I was interested to hear you say that you don't, they don't necessarily prescribe um medical marijuana doctors don't. And yet, I, I guess I, my understanding of how dispensaries worked was you had to show up with with some sort of note, but maybe I have that wrong. Maybe when a state legalizes medical marijuana, that means anybody can walk into a dispensary, Stuart, and say, I have a use for this and I'd like to buy some. Is that right? Uh, well, again, it, it largely depends on the state, but if it is uh, a state that allows for medical marijuana, generally you would need, yes, you would definitely need to have a doctor's recommendation uh, for this uh, particular uh, substance. And uh, you know, here in California, for example, this has been a very regular process for about the last uh, 25 years. Uh, we've had uh, medical marijuana since 1996. Many patients would, in fact, uh, go in, get a recommendation card from their doctor. Uh, sometimes you'd even have a picture ID along with it. And uh, you present that to the, to the dispensary, and this would allow you for a one-year period of time to go ahead and purchase uh, medical marijuana. Thus, you could possess this uh, substance and compound in a very legal uh, manner. All right, very good. My, my last question to you is, what is the future of Medical Marijuana, Inc.? What are the next five years going to look like for you, Stuart? Well, we're obviously so excited to be in this industry at this point in time. We really believe there's a tremendous change and revolution. Uh, can't wait to do a little bit more research. Certainly the endogenous cannabinoid system that you know, we all produce our own internal cannabinoids, and we really need to supplement with these plant cannabinoids, I think, uh, just speaks volumes to the people's uh, of the country and to uh, people's overall best levels of health and wellness to be taking these uh, cannabinoids. You know, five years out, certainly, uh, we see some great uh, benefit for even professional sport and Olympic athletes. Now that uh, there's a THC-free version of CBD, uh, the World Health uh, Organization as well as the World Anti-Doping Agency have all uh, given very glowing remarks to uh, CBD for these professional sport and Olympic athletes. Certainly they're allowed to use uh, CBD as long as it doesn't contain THC, and particularly uh, for those at 
risk for head injury athletes. My gosh, uh, we really believe that uh, uh, these players, these individuals, may even someday be mandated that they take 50 to 100 milligrams of CBD daily just to protect their brain cells. Uh, Certainly there's some really good research going back to 2003, U.S. government patent on the therapeutic use of cannabinoids, showing cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants. Over the next five years, we look very much forward to uh, having a more robust market here in the uh, CBD industry, as well as potentially the legalization of THC, and then all the other industrial uses for hemp. Uh, I certainly believe we'll be getting into the hemp building and construction business. Uh, Hemp's a great uh, insulation material, uh, very cost-effective, produces a wonderful 8.3 alkaline pH environment to live in. It's naturally antimicrobial, antibacterial. Um, Hemp building and construction materials, your hemp board, your hemp concrete will not burn. So in the uh, southwest here in California, where we have a lot of uh, fires in the uh, summer and fall season, my gosh, uh, we should really be looking at hemp in uh, terms of its construction building application. Then the hemp batteries, my gosh, this is a tremendous way to uh, potentially uh, revolutionize the way we look at uh, storing and uh, powering our uh, electric vehicles, homes, et cetera. And I couldn't be more excited to be in this industry at this point in time. Okay, I've been speaking with Dr. Stuart Titus, the CEO of Medical Marijuana, Inc. Stuart, thank you so much for coming on the show. Great pleasure to be on today, and uh, certainly uh, we appreciate very much your interest in uh, all that we're doing in this industry. I'm John Barquette, and you're listening to Cannabis, a look at the marijuana industry here on Sirius XM 132. Like us us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Sirius XM Business Radio, and follow us on Twitter at BizRadio132. This is Business Radio. Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.